So take your Bible, go with me uh, to Luke 7. This is a very common passage of Scripture, and it, it's, a, it's a reference to the story uh, of the woman who was immoral, who came into the house of Simon. And, and she wasn't invited. She wasn't invited, so she had no invitation. But she felt the spirit of emancipation. And so she came into the house. It's amazing. I want to talk to you today about the power of forgiveness. And I want you to, you know, like if you take away nothing and you're just, like you just want to know headlines and bottom lines, guys, I'm with you. If you just want to know headlines and bottom lines, here's the deal. The power of forgiveness is stronger than the power of sin. Period. And we as believers have get to a, we have gotten we've got to get to a place in our faith where our consciousness is not our sin but we become more conscious of the compelling force of forgiveness and the draw of forgiveness. She comes into the room. She breaks open her alabaster box. She pours it on Jesus' feet. She begins to weep and wipe his feet with her tears and her hair. Jesus then rebukes the room, who's full of religious leaders. Jesus rebukes the room. But then he says something, and this is what I want to bring your attention to. He says something in verse 48. After he rebukes the room, he looks at her and he says these words. Your sins are forgiven. Say it with me. My sins are forgiven. Those words were the sweetest words she had ever heard. They were the sweetest words you ever heard and I ever heard. That the weight and the burden and the shame and the guilt and the condemnation and the failure and all of the mistakes and everything that happened and all of the experience, all of it forgiven, wiped away, clean, start fresh, all things made brand new. Not old, washed up, but brand new. Not on the outside, but from the inside. We have become brand new. Now, those words there, that word forgiven is a powerful word. There you go. There, take a picture. I, I, pause. There it is. It's a master class. Practical guide for becoming like Christ. I trust Ken Roberts. I love him. He's an apostle. You want to be there. Back to your regular viewing. The word forgiveness there, it means remitted. Remitted means paid. Your sins are paid in full. You say, I didn't know my sins required payment. They do. They require, sin requires the payment of blood. Jesus tells her, while she's in a room full of religious leaders, 
He tells her, I have paid for you to be here. I've paid the price for your admission. Though you weren't invited, forgiveness drew you into this room. And I want you to know today, most many here today at some point in their life were invited. You might be someone here today who was invited. I want you to know it was not the invitation that brought you here. I want you to know it was the divine love of God that drew you to his presence, that brought you to a place of an posture in your spirit that said, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. But I want you to see the compelling force of, of forgiveness in the believer's life. You, you, you and I have got to take our eyes off of our sin. You know, I want you to know today that, the, that sin is dealt with. I want you to know today that the remedy of sin is the blood of Jesus. Your sin and mine has been paid for. So it's not a matter of sin. It's a matter of, of how you think about you. And Jesus deals with how she feels and thinks about herself. He says to her, your sins I've paid for. I've paid for you to be in rooms that you're keeping yourself out of. Hear me when I tell you, I paid for you. Jesus is saying, I paid your admission to greater than you're experiencing right now. The only reason you're not experiencing the greater than is because you live with an awareness and a consciousness of your sin more than you know the compelling force and draw of my forgiveness and love for you. There are rooms that God has destined for all of us to be in, and the only way we will ever walk into those rooms is if we begin to understand the depth of his forgiveness over our lives and the compelling force and draw of his presence that will bring us into places we weren't even invited to. You know, God, by his Spirit, is, is drawing people. All over the world, he's drawing people right now. He's drawing them. The, the force of forgiveness is drawing them to his presence. It's so powerful that it'll bring you into, into a hostile room and you'll become the peace they experience through your worship of Jesus. Forgiveness is powerful. It is a force. Forgiveness is a force that will push you into rooms of destiny assigned by God and it will assure you that God has a future for you. You see, when you get to that place where you're in the presence of Jesus and he says to you, you are forgiving, there's no, there's no words of man that can compare to that. There's nothing that can compare to the affirmation of Jesus over your life. There's no success you can achieve. There's no power. There's no, there's no political person. There's, no, there's, there's, no, there's nothing in this world that can satisfy like Jesus. He draws you into freedom because he's the liberator. And he wants you and I to be free. Jesus is the liberator. And, and he, he's drawing you by his spirit to forgiveness. And what he's saying to you is you've got to forgive you. And you've got to begin to live with an awareness that you are forgiveness. You are forgiven. 
You, I paid for you to be in places that are way more beyond what you're experiencing right now. God has paid for you to be in places of power. God has, played, he, he has, he has paid for you to be in rooms that are full of influence. You look at a world today that's clamoring for power. Drunk with it. The world is drunk with power. And I want you to know that it's your responsibility to receive the forgiveness of God in your life. Because God wants to put you in the places of power that belong to you. That there are lesser people sitting in places of power that are corrupting those places. They're bringing corruption to those places. But God says, I'm raising a bride. And she's going to walk into rooms, even though she wasn't invited, she's going to walk into those rooms, and by the Spirit of the Lord, she's going to bring correction to those rooms. She's going to, she's going to ready and make right that which man has made wrong. She's going to bring the, the Spirit of God with her into that room, and she's going to show the room what righteousness and what divine healing and what love looks like in this hour. God is raising up a generation, and he's doing it. Listen, he's doing it and you're looking at you say they're immoral they're, they're debased they've walked away from God I want you to know today don't stop praying for them keep praying for them because it is the power of forgiveness the goodness of God that leads his children to repentance it is the goodness of heaven that will lead them back and it will draw them into where his presence is forgiveness is such a powerful force that it reveals who we truly are Forgiveness will draw you into his presence. And forgiveness will, will speak a word to you and say, I know they say this is who you are. When she walked into the room, they all said, if Jesus really knew what type of person this was, he wouldn't even sit in the room with them. But Jesus in that moment revealed to her who she truly was. And if you allow him, God will reveal who, who you are by revealing who he is to you. If you'll just allow yourself to receive forgiveness. Your sin has been paid for. Now receive forgiveness. Sin is destructive. The wages of sin is death. Sin is destructive, but not because it defiles you, but because it separates you. You see, your sin and mine, everyone has it. Don't look around. We all have it. Everyone. Yes, the preacher, the prophet, the, your, your grandma. I know nobody wants to say that about grandma. Don't say that about grandma. But grandma's a sinner. Don't you say that, pastor, about grandma. <laughs> you leave my grandma alone. You see, the destructive force of sin is that it separates you from the rooms that Jesus is trying to draw you into. That's the, that's the destruction of sin, is that it, it repels you. 
Forgiveness pulls you in. Sin tries to repel you away from the destiny of God for your life. That's why, he's try, that's why he tries so hard. Don't let, don't let the, the children of God get around other children of God. My God, if they get around other children of God, they'll begin to reinforce who they really are. Now, suddenly the Spirit of God will move in those rooms and, and they'll, be, they'll be reminded of, a, like, oh, you, you know, you remember that your sin has been, has been paid for and it's as far as the east is from the west. The destruction of sin is that it separates you from the goodness of heaven, from the healing, from the breakthrough. The destruction of sin is that it separates you from your destiny. You're nowhere near where you're supposed to be. There's more. I want you to know there's more for you. There's more for your children. If you won't do it for you, do it for your children. If you won't stand up for righteousness sake for you, at least do it for your children. Give them a fighting chance in a world that's like swimming in a soup full bowl of sin. Give them a chance. Sin works hard to separate us from Jesus, you know. And sin is not on the outside. It's not on the outside. This is why Jesus... Jesus cleanses us from the inside. And Jesus wants to forgive you, not on the outside. We try so hard to just, if I can just stop doing on the outside. If I could just stop doing that thing, or if I could just stop thinking that thing, or if I could just stop going to th this place or that place, if I, if I could just somehow take away the outside, then I'd be healed, then I'd be saved. But I want you to know the way salvation works is through forgiveness, it comes inside first. And God wants to take the space of your heart first. And then you'll begin to see it manifest on the outside. The power of sin locks you out of the rooms of forgiveness and destiny in your life. He wants you to believe in you as much as he paid the price for you. He wants you to believe in you on the inside. Believe in the power of forgiveness today more than the power of your sin. For the power of forgiveness brought you here right now. It causes you to tune in right now. I want you to know that sin is dead and Jesus is alive. Your sin, mine, if it be found, if you have given your life to Christ, your sin is dead it's an empty threat, but it's like the snake that's head's been chopped off. If you go near the body of the snake, it's still alive. If you go near the head of the snake, it's still alive. It's been defeated, it's been annihilated, but it still has a bite. And so if you get near it, if you, if you, if you mess with it, it'll, it'll bite you again. It'll infect you all over again, even though it's been killed. Forgiveness pulls you away, once again brings you into the antidote of heaven, the blood of Jesus. And you're made clean and whole again by the power of forgiveness. 
It must be clear today. I must say it clearly. Acts 4.12 says, There is no salvation under any other name by which men must be saved except for the name of Jesus. The power of forgiveness cannot be broken by your will. The power of forgiveness, you know, the power of sin cannot be broken by your will. The, the, the power of forgiveness can't be known by simply doing better. Forgiveness is only known through the name and the atoning work of Jesus. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse our consciousness from dead works to, the, to serve the living God. He doesn't just cover you on the outside. He cleanses your consciousness. He deals with the problem. Forgiveness washes your mind. It washes your soul. Forgiveness not only redeems you tomorrow, forgiveness goes back into your past. And it washes up the mess. It, it cleans up the crime scene you left behind as evidence of your sin. You left fingerprints there. You didn't know it. The only way, the only way to be liberated from the crime you're indicted for, you see, the enemy has all the evidence. He has all the evidence. He has a crime unit out there. He's got little demons running around, indicting you, you know, proving your, your guilt and your shame and your condemnation. They all run around and collect evidence and they present it to the Father in heaven. And the only way you can be liberated is if you be found in the Lamb's book of life. If you allow the forgiveness and the power of love to draw you to the presence of Jesus and you offer there your life and say, not my life, God. I give my life to you and I allow your life to be given to me and then once that happens the blood washes the crime scene clean you walk away liberated because Jesus is the liberator of all mankind so he's seeking to liberate you now I can now I want you to know don't you allow the sin of the saved to keep you as an excuse to stay in your own I hear this a lot. I love this one. They're all just a bunch of hypocrites. Mm, I hear that a lot. I like that. It's interesting, you know. And I'll take you back to the story because I want you to know that Jesus came to save the hypocrite just like he did the immoral woman. So don't you stay an immoral woman just because there's hypocrites in the world. Don't you allow your sin and my sin to separate us from the love of God that has liberated us. I mean, I know I got some, but I don't want you to look at mine and say, oh, he's a sinner, therefore I can't be saved. I want you to look at mine and say, man, anybody can be saved if Troy can be saved. I mean, there's some people in here that know me from way back in the day. I'm from here, you know what I mean? And so there's some people that know me from way back in the day, and I guarantee you, they're looking at me right now saying, Jesus is alive and performing miracles in Northeast Ohio. If Troy can be saved, then I know I can be saved. You know, Jesus sat in the room with those religious hypocrites just like he did that immoral woman. 
And the same reproof he gave to her, the same reproof he he gave to them, he gives to us all. Be saved from this perverse generation. Give your heart to Christ. Let love draw you to his presence. Surrender your life to his so he can take your life and, and, and liberate you. Let Jesus liberate you today. Jesus washed me from the inside. He has taken away my consciousness of sin. I have friends, you know. They ain't all saved. And sometimes we'll be driving in a car and they'll see the police. <laughs> and they get all nervous. And they're like, hey man, hey, uh, the cop's behind us. I'm like, oh cool, hey, what's up? But I remember the day, back in the day, when the cops was rolled behind me. Oh, I'm going to jail today. <laughs> but you know, I don't live with the consciousness of sin no more. I, I, was, sitting, I was sitting over there at, the, at, at Home Depot. I had my windows rolled up. Now I tint my windows, you know, because I'm from Lorraine. And so, and <laughs> I, you don't need to see me in my car. That's my business. So I had my windows tinted. I pulled up. I was right in front of Home Depot, and the, and the LPD unit, Lorraine Police Department, comes up, pulls up next to me. And, uh, and I rolled down the window like, hey, what's up? I literally was excited to see him. I thought I, thought I knew him. I th- you know, that's how you get when you've been set free. When you are free and you're free indeed, you roll the window down and talk to the police. You know what I mean? <laughs> I rolled the window down. I said, hey, what's up, man? He said, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm waiting for my man to get out of you're parked in the spot here. He was mad. I was like, oh, you don't know me. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He said, you know your windows are tinted? I said, yeah, I do that all the time. Because I don't have a sin conscience. I don't live with a consciousness of fear, of condemnation and shame and guilt from my past. You see, the Bible says that if you've been set free, you're not just free. You're free indeed. You're free yesterday. You're free today. You're free tomorrow. And God wants to give you, he wants to liberate you from the consciousness of what condemns you. God wants to liberate you so that, the, that way the next time the enemy comes and tries to condemn you, you can say, oh, that's not me. I've been liberated. You got the wrong person. I gave my life to Jesus. That old person gave his life to Jesus. There's a new person living. Not an old person dressed in new clothes. There's a new person. I got a new fingerprint, I believe. I believe I got a new fingerprint. If you go back in your system, you won't find this one. You'll find the old one. That old man is dead. He's not, a lot, he's not around anymore. He's been the new man is liberated. Jesus wants to liberate you. And there is, there is forgiveness in no other name except the name of Jesus. There is forgiveness in no other person. He, he is the God-man who gives forgiveness, who pays for you to be in places greater than right now. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father, but you're going to do greater works than me. How are you going to do that? Well, you're not going to do it thinking of yourself the way sin wants you to. You're not going to walk into these grooms of greatness. There'll be times, and I'll let you know, there's, there are times 
where the, he tries to intimidate, he'll come and he'll try to intimidate. And I was in a room recently, and it was a room full of a lot of power and a lot of influence. And, and you know what the enemy tried to do? Tried to talk me out of the room. And I want you to know the enemy's talking you out of rooms and will continue to try to talk you out of the greatness that God has prepared for you. He's going to try to intimidate you. He's going to try to tell you, you, you don't deserve this. You're not worthy to, to experience this. You don't deserve that house. You don't deserve this blessing. Your children can't be this, and your marriage will never be that. He'll try to intimidate you, but I want you to remind him the next time he tries to intimidate you. You've got to remind him, no, no, I'm blood-bought. You don't understand. I've been forgiven. This room is paid for. I got an all-access pass. Not only can I come into this room, but I can go beyond this room uh, behind the veil. I'm a behind the veil and I have behind the veil admission. That means I can go where you can't even go. I can walk in places that you haven't even been called to walk in. I want you to know that God's called you to those places. Here's how you reinforce a forgiveness conscious. You repent. You repent. Repentance has very little to do with what you're actually doing. Repentance is what happens on the inside. And God wants you to repent on the inside. Stop doing that on the inside. Stop looking at that on the inside. How do you do that? The power of love will pull you into the presence of Jesus. And I've never been in the presence of Jesus and said, hmm, let me go do this or let me go do that. That's contrary to his nature. The power of forgiveness is how you do it. You gotta change the way you see you on the inside. You have to repent. Repentance is simple. It just means to change their mind. Change your mind. The first words out of Jesus' mouth when he entered his ministry was repent. You thought it looked like that, but it doesn't. It looks like this. Change the way you see you. See you better. See you increasing. See you healed. See you blessed. See your children walking in favor. See the city in revival. See blessing coming to you every day. Every day I walk to the mailbox expecting blessing. Every day I walk into rooms and I say, man, I expect something powerful to happen. Why? Because I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven. My past is paid for. I'm walking in the destiny of heaven, the greatness of heaven. Number two, never settle for less than what Jesus paid for. Here's how you reinforce it. You you repent and you never settle for less. You're settling for less. Church, I want you to know I see so many, so many of us settling for less. It's time for some of you to buy a bigger house. And not because, you know, it's things. It's it's only that way because God's like, listen, I've, I've paid for you to be in better. I've I've paid for you to be walking in goodness. I paid for you to be healed. You say, I'm healed a little bit. Jesus didn't pay for a little bit of healing. He paid for all of your healing. By his stripes, stripes you are completely healed. He didn't pay for a little bit of your deliverance from that thing, from that addiction. He paid for all of your deliverance from that addiction. So, So listen, train yourself to never settle for less, but always expect more.
I expect more, God. I expect more of your presence next week than I did this week. I expect you to do greater things next week than you did this week. I'm going to wake up tomorrow believing for even greater. I I expect your blessing on my family. I expect your blessing and your favor on my children. I believe for more. Train yourself to believe for more. And number three, receive. I'm sorry. I I messed all that up. I'm a... I messed all that up. Re- <laughs> that was good, though. <laughs> Got nothing to do with reinforcing a consciousness. Here it is. Here it is. Worship. Repent. Worship. Take the house to Jesus and don't, don't apologize. That's what she did. You see, once you know you're forgiven, you'll know you have a, a mission. And your mission is to take every room captive for the Savior, for the King. Take your family to Jesus. Take your children. Take your marriage. Take your school. Take your job. Take them all. Stop being intimidated. Church on the North Coast, stop being intimidated by the empty power constructs of this world. This world is frail. This world is empty of power. They don't have any power. Jesus, Jesus said, I gave you all the power. Now walk into the rooms and command those rooms to worship. And don't apologize. Stop apologizing for your faith. Stop being timid in your faith. God's called you to worship. And number three, stop doubting the still small voice. My wife said, I had a dream the other night. So I had a dream. Anytime she has a dream, I'm like, yep, God's talking. And she said, but I don't believe it's the Holy Spirit. And then she told me the dream. I said, no, I, 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 mm-hmm, yeah, I think that's Jesus. I think that's Jesus, you know. But we have a tendency to doubt the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we'll allow those tendencies. If we deny them enough, we'll, we'll just become numb to them. But I just pray right now a sensitivity to the still, small voice of God. I pray a sensitivity to your ear, to your eye, to your mind, to your heart. I pray a greater sensitivity of discernment over the church of the living God. She's been deceived for a while. She's lost. She got a little bit of spiritual leprosy for a few years. But I pray right now discernment to come back to you, church. Discernment. Yeah, amen. You'll... I just pray, right? Like, like, my wife has such discernment that she'll say something to our children, and our children will go, how could you possibly know that? There's no way you can know that. And I said, listen, man, don't mess around. She sees. She's got discernment. <laughs> I close. I close with this. Forgiveness drew you here today, church. Forgiveness draws you to his presence. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, what will he do? He'll draw. In drawing, that drawing is so powerful. Next Sunday, when the spirit of forgiveness draws, don't resist it. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'll go next week. No, I want you to know, if the spirit of the Lord is drawing you to his presence, it's for a reason. You need his presence. Because with his presence comes his power. 
With his presence comes his, his mind. Your thoughts are not like his thoughts. You need more than just your thoughts. Your strength is incomparable to his strength. Your resources are nothing compared to his. I tell you, you need his power. And so next week, when the Spirit of the Lord begins to draw, I pray the obedience of the Spirit. You say, oh, I'm going. Why? I need his presence. I need his presence to be the father that God's called me to be. I need his presence. Dad, dad used to say this. He said, uh, he said in order to be a pastor, you, gotta, you have to be an exceptional Christian. And, well, and I thought, well, in order to be a husband, you have to be an exceptional Christian. In order to be an honorable son, you have to be an exceptional Christian. In order to be a good husband, in order to be a daughter, in order to be a good employee, you have to be exceptional at being like Christ. Receive what Jesus offers today. He offers this, abundant life. This is what he offers. Power forgiveness drew you in. Why? Because it wants to give you abundant life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life. I am here in this room. This is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I am here in this room. I drew you by my power of forgiveness. I drew you here to my person because I am forgiveness, Jesus says. And I drew you here, why? To give you abundant life. Abundant life. Not just life, abundant So receive abundant life today. Receive a family today of love and support. This is the family of God. I'll tell you what Jesus said. They asked him who his family was. He messed us all up, or he liberated some of us. <laughs> some of you said, praise the Lord. But he said those my mother and brother, my sister and brother are those who do the will of the Father, who do it. He redefined what a family looks like, and I want you to know today, this is the family of God. This is your family, this is my family. I'll tell you, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Look at your neighbor, but don't say anything. They're not perfect. You know, they're gonna make mistakes, they're gonna say things, that aren't gonna be correct all the time. They're gonna have opinions that might differ from yours. They're, they're gonna, they're, they might even vote different than you on occasion, you know. They're gonna say things, they're gonna think things, you know. But I want you to know, this is your family, like it or not. Jesus said it, I didn't. Jesus said, this is your family. And I wanna I want welcome you to your family today. I wanna to tell you the refrigerator's open, make yourself at home. I want to tell you, get involved, meet, meet the rest of the family, get connected, forgive often. We got, to get, we got to get better at saying sorry. This is how I know you're anointed. You know how I know if people are anointed? When I say anointed, I mean like carry the presence of God. You know, if you carry the presence of God, here's what I know you'll do. You'll say these words. Say it with me. 
I'm, I know this is the second part, it's really hard. Wet your, wet your lips. So, so sorry. Yeah, those are hard words to say, man. Pride is powerful. Those are hard words to say. But we gotta get better at saying it. And then we gotta get better at forgiving. You know, what, you know what forgiveness does? It restores the standard. It takes, them, it, it takes them back to brand new. It was as if it never happened. You say, how can I forget it? You, by the power of Jesus. How can I let them off the hook for what they did to me? Because Jesus let you off the hook for what you did to him. And lastly, I want you to receive your future and your purpose. The Bible says you have a hope and you have a future. It's not found in this world. There's nothing out there for you. This is not there. Your future, your hope, only found in Him. So if you want to know what your future looks like, if you need hope, if there's times in your life where you, you become hopeless, that's what sin does. It, it wants to make you hopeless. It wants you to hope less but love says I've given you a future and it's full of my promises and it's full of hope yeah there are going to be bad days but man the good days but man the presence of Jesus even on the bad days sweeter than you could ever imagine come on stand to your feet with me as we close today if you're here today and you say I need abundant life. I need a family too. I sure could use a brighter future, a more hopeful future. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads all over the sanctuary. Just bow your heads. It's a, a moment between you and God, you and your Savior. Jesus drew you here today. Forgiveness has pulled you in. It was a force that pulled you here today. And that force offers to you today, through Jesus, the resurrected Savior, abundant life. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. Christians are going to pray it with me as well. Say, Lord Jesus, Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. I take your life. I give you mine. Replace my sin conscious with the consciousness of forgiveness. I promise that I will live for you. When I fall down, when I fail, I'm going to get right back up and run to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can you put your hands together for Jesus today? <laughs> Altar ministers are going to make their way forward now. As they do that, I just want to pray for some people in the room. Just feel the unction to pray.
You're the widow of Zarephath. There were many there that day. Jesus says there was only one that he sent the prophet to. That means God sees you. God sees you. God sees. Douglas says, God sees. Oh, he knows. He cares. You could just give it away. You can let it go. It says that there were many with leprosy. Leprosy was a condition where it was spiritual, spiritual death. It represented spiritual death. And Jesus said there were many lepers in the day of Naaman, but he was sent to one. And it's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. He's quickening. Life's coming back. They're hypocrites. They are. But Jesus loves you. He loves you so much, you sit in a room with hypocrites. He's called you. He's called you. Every week I've watched you. It's like a light that's on you. It's going to make you so sensitive, so aware. It'll be terrifying if you don't know what it means. It's called you. You see, God sees it. He sees it. called you. He's called you. He's equipped you too. There's so much more that belongs to you. He's waiting. He's dropping handfuls on purpose. He's intentional. Don't take it for granted. And he's dropped it. He's leading you. He's drawing you. I don't, I don't. You're hypocrites. It's okay. He heals the hypocrite too. His blood 
You're so powerful. He sees you. You can't hide. You're back there, you, you can't hide. You're over here, you can't, you can't hide from him. The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. God is not changing his mind. What he called you to when you were young, he's calling you to right now. Return to it. Return to it. You got sickness in your body. Can you just raise your hand? calling you home. A long journey is calling you home. Generations coming home. Entire families with you coming. If you had your hand raised, can I ask you to just come out and come to the front now? If you had your hand raised for healing, just come forward. That's it. Just, just, just come forward. Just come forward. Just come forward. Just come forward. I'm just gonna just gonna touch you with oil. If you need prayer today, if you gave your life to Christ, can you do me a favor, church? Can you can you ask one another if you need prayer today? Just just encourage them. If they need prayer, bring them forward. Can I pray with you before you leave, sir? I, I just want to pray with you before you leave. I want to pray for pray with you. Jesus, I pray. Jesus, I bless your people today. And I thank you. You heal. You heal. You heal. <laughs> Unshakable faith. <laughs> Worry not. Worry not. Worry not. Just have faith. Worry not. You're healed. You're healed. Worry not. Worry not. Just believe. Just believe. There's greater faith. <laughs> There's greater faith, man. There's so much. There's so much, man. There's so much. Whew. So much. So much. So much. So much. So much. All of it. Take it all. God says, take it all. Take it all. You need it. Take it all. He said, take it all. You need it. You need it. Take it all. just free, but free indeed. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah. 
for your whole family. That's for your whole family. That's for your whole family. Yeah. Keep believing, God says. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. No weariness in the presence of the Lord. No weariness in the presence of the Lord. to be up here just engage your heart with him i know some of you guys are feeling his presence you're feeling a warmth you're feeling something on your bodies or in your heart that's the presence of god he's here he's alive he's risen and he's here in this room right now you just have to open your heart to him and he'll come in right where you're at he will meet you right where you're at just open your heart to him engage engage your heart with him he loves you so much he's beckoning you right now he's beckoning you he's speaking to your soul right now i see him speaking to so many of you in your heart right now just open your heart to him you don't need anybody to pray for you just open your heart and engage with him engage with him he is what you long for he is what your soul is searching for it's not in a social status it's not in a relationship it's not in attention from a, a person or a man it's not in a drug or alcohol you're looking for jesus <laughs> for so many years i was looking for love in all the wrong places it's because your soul was created to know him and to search for him and today is your day to find him are you miserable today today is your day are you lost are you addicted today is your day father i pray holy spirit that you just start ministering to each and every heart i pray for your presence god to start overwhelming people with your love lord your love for them that your care that you see them that you know them right where they're at and you love them just exchange your life for his give him your life in this moment you'll never regret it if you need prayer if you need prayer and you've lingered and you said man I feel God's calling me 
just come out now. We want to pray for you before you leave. Live right. Love everyone. Pray hard. God bless you. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for being a part of our Resurrection Sunday. Can't wait to see you again the next time we gather. We gather every Wednesday at 7 and every Sunday morning right here in Lorraine at 10 a.m. It was, it was a blessing to be with you. If you need prayer, please come this way before they go that way. We love you.